The gospel reading is from the book of Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And as he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so we will walk by faith as we come into the gospel of Mark now together. Now, you've probably heard of Black Friday, right, for shopping fans. And maybe less of us have heard of Black Monday. That's what sportscasters call the Monday after a season ends where uh, maybe it didn't go so well for a particular team. And on the Monday after the season, it's when coaches or managers of teams get fired. And maybe your phone alerts for news have been blowing up this week because it's been a particularly jam-packed week with coaches being let go in the news this past week. And one of the reasons for that is because, naturally, we want to win. And so we live in a world not just in the sports world, but in our life together, often asking the question, who's in, who's out, who wins, who loses, who achieves, who must retreat, and what's next? The press, for example, are all over that question among the uh, teams that have fired their coaches. What's next? There was uh, a buzz in the air uh, if you follow those news cycles. But whether it's our daily task of achievement and seeking success, even in our own relationships, 
I want to ask the question this morning. Is there something more? Something more than just who wins and who loses. Something more is what we'll hear from Jesus in the Gospel of Mark this morning. Right here in chapter 2, we discover there's another electric moment taking place. A buzz in the air. Something different is going on in Capernaum. Something electric. The people are jam-packed in Jesus' home base there in Capernaum. Most likely, in fact, we're pretty sure, Peter's home right there. And this small house that's packed with people, they are wondering about a whole different kind of what is next. They've heard about Jesus' baptism and the healings that have already taken place, the demons that have been cast out, the leper healed. And now there's no room to fit any more people in. And this house, just as we'll discover from archaeological evidence, a small home most likely, with a thatched roof, found and confirmed by archaeologists that we feel confident that we found the home of Jesus, Peter's home there in Capernaum. Well, we've known it's been there for centuries, but archaeologists in deep digs now, nearly 50 years ago, have confirmed it. That a home, just like it is described in the scriptures, is what we find, and homes like it, there in Capernaum with evidence, with graphics on the wall to know, in fact, this not only was the place that we knew the church was gathering for centuries after, but was the place as we dug down and did tests, was the place that Jesus gathered. In this real setting, in this real place, the room was packed. And so, as we find this place in history, Just as we come now to this text, we don't come to, as one player put it after their coach left for a a better job this week, it's a cold world of what have you done for me lately and what's best for me now. It's now a question of what kind of life do you want? And it's the kind of life that Jesus is talking about in this jam-packed room. And not only are people surprised as Jesus sits in that room and the light breaks in, as the thatched roof is broken open, and these friends who will not be quieted to get their friend who needs healing, this paralyzed paralytic, to Jesus as they lower him down. And Jesus responds in a way with tenderness and compassion, but that shocks and surprises everyone, including the Pharisees in the room, when he sees their hearts 
sees their faith and says this, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. This moment is a shock and surprise to everyone. Because, of course, they expected Jesus to do the obvious. This man is paralyzed. Heal him. But Jesus does something different. Something more important. In seeing their faith, he sees a greater need. A spiritual need. And so the human condition is more than just success or failure. For true human flourishing, there is a reality that we know deep down that there's something not right with me that Jesus addresses. Even when we argue about what is and what isn't sin in this pluralistic world today, we know we need forgiveness. The human condition needs not only physical healing, but spiritual. And Jesus backs up what he says, that there really is forgiveness of sin by healing this man physically. And so what we have right away in this text is historic truth with archaeological evidence to back up this place is real. Jesus was there. Theological truth. As we'll soon hear and discuss that he is calling himself the Son of Man, echoing back to the book of Daniel and the Psalms, fulfilling promises. And then the greatest gift of all, he transforms hearts. And so we'll look at three ways Jesus does this, a path that he leads them and leads us on still today. Let's begin by remembering what is going on here. And as we do, we discover that the essence of Christianity is being revealed. And these words by Martin Luther, as someone uh, shorthand wrote, your sins are forgiven, is Christianity. Many scholars will call these 12 verses the very essence of our faith. For as we hear the words, your sins are forgiven, as Martin Luther will put to be of good cheer, and hear that sweet word and grace of Jesus. Not because of anything the paralytic did. He was helpless. Notice who the actor is. Jesus. In fact, no one even asked for the forgiveness of sins, if you read this carefully. Jesus brought what they didn't know they needed in that moment, a greater need. He tells us that it is, like in the book of Daniel, the Son of Man. 
Not so much a title, but a description that Jesus will use 14 times in the Gospel of Mark and unpack and make it deeper meaning and connect it back to what God had promised hundreds of years before Jesus to the prophet Daniel. With the clouds of heaven, there comes a son of man. And as we heard, those clouds were torn last week at his baptism, torn open. And now this week, a roof has been torn open to bring that hope of forgiveness of sin in. First and foremost, Jesus has come to forgive. And this is a shock and a surprise to many. For this Son of Man, this Son of Man has now become the representation of all of humankind. As one scholar put it, humankind and mankind is reduced to one, but not just anyone. This person is God, the Son of God Himself. How do we know that? Because the Pharisees there in their hearts, as Jesus noted, said and thought only God can forgive sin. And they're right. And so Jesus points it out right here. He is the Son of Man. He is the one breaking in to do what only God can do. He does that in such a beautiful way with friends that will bring their brother to Jesus and not let anything stop them. But let's remember this first. We do nothing and Jesus does everything. It doesn't matter if you've been walking this path of faith your whole life or if you're just considering it now for the first time today and looking at the evidence that Jesus so graciously offers us that this really happened in history and that he fulfilled prophecies from hundreds of years before. Wherever you're at in your walk today, he says to us, he wants us to hear this deeper need of restoration, of forgiveness. Of sin. Sometimes we need friends to help us do that. And that's the second part of this path. To be surrounded by people who love the Lord. And who cheer us on in that faith. To bring us to Christian community. It's why in our all-in endeavor to follow Jesus together. It includes with each other. We need one another. Just as a, a child needs their parent to bring them before as an infant to the waters of baptism, not by their strength, just as the paralytic didn't come by his strength. Jesus pronounces the forgiveness of sins. This is a promise that God does for us. Not that we as we'll read in the rest of Scripture, don't need to repent and be transformed. As we heard in chapter 1 of this text, that God comes first. 
Who does this? Jesus does. Who does he invite to do it? The body of Christ to surround each other. And so find a place here, I pray, that you're connected and surrounded by that body of Christ with deep relationships to cheer you on when you don't feel like you can carry yourself there. And then lead us to be those kind of friends to others here in the body of Christ, but also to those who don't know Christ. You keep reading in this chapter and you'll discover right away that Jesus right away has meals with tax collectors and sinners. And so we are called then to serve our neighbors, as Luther will point out, immediately following the reception of this gift. In fact, in another gospel, Jesus, through the apostle Peter, will give us what we call the office of the keys, the ability to forgive sin and bind it on earth or in heaven. And it says, you be ambassadors. As we'll pray, as one of you prayed in a prayer that you wrote, in our prayer said, ambassador of forgiveness. So often in our culture, uh, it's just stepping up and over the next person. We're holding grudges, even in our personal relationships. I like how one pastor pointed out this saying, the bitterness is a poison we drink and hope the other dies. This is not our way. Our way is a path of forgiveness that we offer and extend to one another and to the world around us. And so Jesus asks this morning, which is easier? Which is easier, to follow the patterns of this world or walk a Jesus-shaped path? And what we see next for us on that path is forgiveness and fellowship and evangelism and sharing this generously with others. Jesus says to you and to me and to those gathered in that crowded room, let me show you not just get up and walk with your mat, but let me show you the forgiveness of sins. He says to us today, you don't believe? Let me show you in the evidence of archaeology that I was there and did this. Let me show you in the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, I am the Son of Man foretold. Let me show you Yes, indeed, when this man walks, let me show you because I'll see your faith. I'll see your heart as he sees your heart today. He calls us to walk this Jesus-shaped path, receiving this precious gift that he's been planning since creation to give to us. The heavens opened. Now the roof is opened. And been torn open. And I pray now let our hearts be open to receive this gift. It's not a gift that we get on, purchased for us on Black Friday. It's not about the anxiety of success on Black Monday. In fact, it's a gift 
that he hard fights for us on Good Friday on the cross. And that he will rise and give us that promise. And this text reminds us even of that in the strange Greek word for get up. He says to the man on the mat, it's the same word that will be used at the end of this gospel in Mark 16 when Jesus gets up out of the tomb. Jesus is telling you, come to me today immediately. Which is easier? To follow the patterns of this world or to receive this precious gift that he has done for us? Friends, let that light in today. Let's walk this path together. Let's be all in in receiving the forgiveness of sins, of cheering each other on and sharing it with the world around us. The heavens have opened, the roof has opened, and now may, by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, may our hearts be opened to this path together. Amen.